In Mississippi, you won't have to go to the gym. Hallelujah. Amen. They burn them calories worshiping God. If it's real in your heart, you've got something to shout about. You've got something to talk about. Praise God. I want to talk to you a few minutes. I'm going to try to minister radio sermon time-wise. It's going to be hard to do because I get excited about the Scripture. I try to teach and I end up preaching. I try to preach. I end up doing some teaching. So it's going to be kind of a give and take. And I don't know exactly where the Holy Spirit is going to take it, but I know exactly what the message is today because He gave it to me in the wee hours of the morning. And uh, when He does that, it thrills me because He quickens something to me. Now, I've been preaching for all of these years, and Brother Taylor said it best. He's our dear associate minister, Brother Taylor. Just take a Raise your hand so people can see you. Amen. We've known them for years. In fact, I married that young couple right there. Uh, way back, how many years ago? 27 years ago. We tied the knot good and tight. Hallelujah. When we tied that knot. And they're a wonderful couple. And they complement one another. They really, really do. They're an example of what a Christian marriage ought to be. Praise God. Amen. And right here is a married couple that have been married for some time. And this guy right here. I'm so glad he got saved. Amen. <laughs> he, he said the, he, the police didn't chase him. He, he hit them with his car. Uh, he got, amen. And uh, he knows that other lifestyle. And I'm so glad for Brother Couch and his testimony. Praise the Lord. I know some of you personally here, some of your background and testimonies as you've shared it and been open and forthright about it. And just to know where God found you and where he brought you from from is a thrill to my soul to see what God can do in a life that is surrendered to him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Jeremiah 1 verse 11 and 12. Jeremiah 1 verse 11 and 12. Now I want to say something about the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah's mission was a tough one while you're turning to the book of Jeremiah. His message was that God's judgment was sure to fall upon man's rebellion and sin. And in particular, uh, his own people, the covenant people, the Jewish people had drifted away from God. God raised up Jeremiah. He gave him a warning when he called him. And we're talking about his initial calling uh, that he was receiving from the Lord in the first chapter of the book of Jeremiah. He was going to send Jeremiah to a hard-hearted, stiff-necked people. And chastisement was going to come to them. And remember what I said earlier in the New Covenant about chastisement. Do not faint when you are chastened of Him. It's not to hurt you, even though it may sting. It's not to hurt you. My dad used to tell me, you know, go get me a limb. And he didn't want to hurt me. He wasn't a child abuser. It meant to go get a switch. Of course, I would pick the, the, the switch that was an old dry something that was going to break the first time that he used it and bring that limp, half-broken thing back to him. And uh, then he would go get it himself. And from then on, I figured if we're going to be picking switches, I can pick one that maybe won't break but won't hurt as much as the one that he would pick when he saw I was trying to get out of it. And he used to tell me over and over again, this is going to hurt me more than it is you and I said say what <laughs> what you talking about <laughs> hey, man? seriously <laughs> no it isn't let me tell you something about God's chastisement when he judges to bring correction it is always meant for good and it is an act of love on his part the Bible said he chastens every son that comes to him everyone and, and scourges every one of them and faint not when thou art chastened of him. Amen. Because it is an expression of his love and watch care over you. And it was the same way with ancient Israel. He loved them. He, was, he identified himself with them in covenant as a husband to them. And even when they did wrong, and the only solution was to bring these judgments, it was an act of love on his part to bring them back so he could bless them. Make no mistake about it, love was the motivation behind what was about to happen to Israel. Because he told them, I've loved thee with an everlasting love, and with loving kindness have I 
drawn thee. The Hasid of God, the loving kindness of God. But that didn't mean that chastisement wasn't going to come. If you're not right with God, Terry, and you're rebelling against Him, I do not want to be out in a boat with you. Okay? That's one boat I want to stay out of. I don't want to be, I don't want to be with Jonah uh, when he's running from God in rebellion. Because God loved him. He wanted to bless him and he wanted to use him in a wonderful way to bring a whole nation to repentance down at Nineveh. He didn't want to go, but God wanted him to go. And he ended up going because of chastisement. But God also showed him how merciful he could be when people repented. And this was the message. It was a tough message. It got so bad. Jeremiah hits. He, God knew what Jeremiah was going to face. He had to give him something to hold on to when the rejection came, when the hard looks came, and when in spite of all of his efforts, Efforts bringing God's word, he would live to watch those judgments come to pass. Now we're going to see a scripture always used in a positive way, used here in a negative way. But it can be used in either way. And it's in these two verses. Listen to what he's going to tell Jeremiah. He had a tough row to hoe. What Jeremiah prophesied, God promised he would bring it to pass. The devastation of a hard and prolonged winter was surely coming, spiritually speaking. When there's a hard freeze, I remember when we got a hard freeze here in Florida and we lost acres and acres and acres of orange grove. My mother lived in Lake Wales and I would go to visit her and go buy orange groves that used to flourish and be fruitful. But that, that one week of hard freeze just devastated those orange trees. And many of them never did come back. Many groves were turned into something else. And it was about to happen in Israel spiritually. But listen to it carefully. The almond branch that we're going to talk about signified the end of winter and the beginning of spring. As sure as God watched over His Word to bring judgment, He would watch over His Word to bless and restore if they repented and returned to Him. When the judgment fell, Jeremiah remembered what God told him in these verses. He had to have the courage to go on and believe that a new day is going to come. And a new opportunity for the nation of Israel, for God to keep His covenant with them, and them to keep their covenant with God. And this is what God told him. The beginning of his ministry, Jeremiah 1, 11 and 12, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And Jeremiah said, I see a rod or a limb of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Now you're going to recognize this verse of Scripture in the New American Standard because it's closer to the Hebrew. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see the rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said unto me, You've seen well, for I'm watching over my word to perform it. What you are going to prophesy, prompted by my spirit, I'm going to bring to pass. That's in the negative sense. But thank God that same God who watches over his word to bring the judgments that he has pronounced is the same God that watches over his word to bring the mercy and blessing and restoration that he has purposed. Can you say amen? I don't know about you, but I get great comfort as a follower of Jesus Christ that he is watching over his word to perform it. The scripture said, hath he not said it? And shall he not bring it to pass? Can you say amen? Once it's out of his mouth, it's in motion. Perpetual motion. Can you say amen? It may be a long time coming, but it's coming. If he says judgment's coming, rest assured, judgment is coming. But if he says these blessings will come on you and overtake you, rest assured, those blessings are coming. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. He watches over His Word. I like the Amplified. It said, The Word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see the branch 
of the almond tree. And the Lord said unto me, you have seen well, for I'm actively watching over my word to fulfill it. The almond tree was known as the awake tree because it was the first tree to bud in the new year, late January. And they watched for that tree to bud. Now, there's, what, is that, what is that groundhog that comes out to tell if winter is over that they watch up in New England? Polka. You better say it. <laughs> I'll mess it up. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take that. And, and you say it too. Puxatani Phil. Puxatani. Puxatani. Puxatani Phil. This groundhog comes out, and if he what? If, if he sees his shadow, it means. Okay. And it never works. It's just a tradition. It never works. Can you say, man? It's over when it's over, and, and whether he comes out and sees his shadow or not has nothing to do with it. But not so with the almond tree. When that almond tree in, the, in that land of Jeremiah's time and even to this day, it was the first tree. First tree to put forth and bud. Even if it's still cold. Even if it's still freezing. Something was changing in the atmosphere. That sap was, was not going down anymore. It was coming up. That tree looked dead, but it wasn't dead. Can you say, man, it just looked dead. There was life in it. And a new season was about to begin. And the thaw was going to come. And they watched that tree. And he said, Jeremiah, what do you see? This was going to be vital to Jeremiah's entire life and ministry. If he didn't get the lesson of the almond tree, he couldn't have endured the rejection and the judgment that he saw fall. He didn't win one convert according to the Word of God. Nobody repented. Nobody came to God. He ended up getting slapped, put in a dungeon for his preaching and called unpatriotic. Prophet would prophesy, the judgment is coming, God watching over His Word to perform it. False prophet would come along and tell people what they wanted to hear. Jeremiah says, judgment's going to come. You're going to have to serve a wicked king because you won't serve the true king. You're hard-hearted. He took a yoke and put it upon him. and said, you're going to have to serve Nebuchadnezzar. False prophet come along, took the yoke off of Jeremiah's neck, and broke it in pieces, and said, Thus saith the Lord, you shall not have to serve anybody. You're just going to go scot-free. No judgments are coming in the land. They're always around. They're always around. And if he hadn't learned the lesson of, the, of that almond tree, that almond branch... He would have been so disheartened. He got so disheartened at one point, amen, that he was down in a dungeon. He had been slapped his face, put in a dungeon, and this dungeon was an underground cell, a pit in the ground with great work that he couldn't get out of over the top of it. And the Bible said when they put him in, he sunk down in the mire. That meant that it was wet and he sunk. I don't know how deep he sunk, but that's where he had to live and sleep and eat. And he said, you know something? Nobody's turning around. Nobody's repenting. Nobody wants to hear my message. Even though it's true. Even though it's from God. Even though its purpose is to bring restoration. Nobody's listening. And on top of that, look what they're doing to me for preaching it. He said, I'm just not going to speak anymore. Not going to prophesy anymore. But as he sat down in that terrible place... And I'll tell you if, you, if you're called to preach, you're called to preach. If you ain't called to preach, you might as well throw it down. 1,700 ministers are going to leave the pulpit in every 30 days in America. 1,700. 4,000 churches will open new ministries in America per year. 7,000 will close. 20,000 a year walk out of the pulpit and go back into the secular world. We need somebody in a pulpit that is not making a career out of preaching. We need someone in a pulpit that is God called and God anointed. 
I've been meeting with pastors for five years now, the same three men. One of them asked me, why don't you uh, consider coming and, and, and teaching at a Bible college where he's trying to get his master's degree? I said, because I don't have a degree. I can't teach in a Bible college without it. You don't have a degree? For five years, he was fooled into thinking that I had a, a degree. And you know what he said? It took me back, but it was a compliment. Because I've, he's heard me minister, and he knows how long we've been in ministry. And he said, well, you must be called of God then. In other words, if you didn't get it from a Bible college, you must be getting it from God. And I thought, yes, I am called of God. Anointed of God. Appointed. That, I studied to show myself approved. But I'm going to tell you something. You can't get in three years at any Bible college or, or college of higher theological learning what you can get in 43 years of walking with Jesus and studying the Bible. Can you say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So he asked me why I didn't go to Bible college. I said I didn't have time. God thrust me into ministry. Counted me faithful. Counted me worthy. Putting me, that word putting me, as Paul said, was thrust me into ministry. I just found myself preaching the gospel, hallelujah, and souls coming to Jesus. And uh, there wasn't time to quit and go to school then. Too busy reaping the harvest, hallelujah. Praise God. And we've been in this city for 43 years, and we're probably the smallest we've ever been. But God is not through, because I've learned last night while studying, amen, the message and the lesson of this almond tree branch. Because no matter how bad the winter has been, they kept looking not at Poka whoever. Can you say amen to come out of his hole? Amen. They were watching one, one thing. Yeah, Poka whoever. That'll, that'll cover it. Do you know what, it's, what it is? P-U-X? Yeah, he, what he said. That's right. That's how you do it. What he said comes out of his hole. Amen. But when they saw the almond tree, they said, this is not superstition. This is not tradition. This signifies no matter how cold it is, no matter how barren the trees are, how barren the ground is. Amen. A change is on the way. And know that winter will have to give way. It's going to give way and it won't be long now because when they saw that and the first thing God wanted this prophet that was going to get all of this kickback to what he was prophesying, first thing he wanted him to see when he went into his ministry, amen, what do you see? And wherever he was standing, amen, it must have been the time of year of the winter, the latter part of January, he saw an almond branch and he said i see new life coming i see something new about to occur the old is going to have to give way because the new is on the way can you say man i remember that song when i got baptized in the holy ghost got to shouting the victory because of just being saved can you say man hallelujah i remember i remember that song i looked at my hands and they looked new i looked at my feet and they they did too. I remember the choir singing where I went to church. I'm in a new world since the Lord saved me. Old things have passed away. All things are new today. I'm in a brand new world since the Lord saved me. Can you say man? Something is about to occur. The church has been compromised. The church has been infiltrated by the world. Amen. But I somehow, I can't give up. I can't give in. I can't give up on revival. Can you say, man, I just can't throw in the towel. I just can't say, let it go the way it's going as long as we pay the bills, as long as we build the buildings and meet the budgets. No, that's not in my vocabulary. I feel something. It's called a stir in the atmosphere like the song says can you say amen do you feel a stirring in the atmosphere amen I want to learn the lesson I want to learn the lesson listen we've been in ministry all these years look like we ought to be in the tail end of it look like we ought to be in the wind up of it amen sometimes I think Lord all these years and this is all we have to show no this is not all we have to show these years have not been in vain hallelujah my word will not return to 
me, void, God said. It will not do it. Not my word. If you preach your word, that's different. But if you bring my word, it changes everything. For my word, my word, my word is like the rain that comes down out of heaven and the snow that waters the earth and causes it to bring forth and to bud. So shall the word be that goes forth out of my mouth. For it will accomplish that that I desire and it will prosper in the thing that I have I have purposed and sent it to. It will bring fruit. It is bringing fruit. It has brought fruit and it will continue to bring fruit. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Because it's His Word. Brother Bimble, then why aren't they pouring in here? Well, you know as well as I know why they're not pouring in here. Because if you preach God's Word every Sunday, some Sunday somebody's going to get convicted. Some Sunday somebody's sin is going to get exposed. That's not a comfortable place to be. But when people get hungry for the living God again, when people want to be right with God more than they want to be accepted by the world, they're going to start looking for a word from the Lord. I love the way God dealt with Jeremiah. Sit down, sunk down in the mire. (laughs) Amen. And, And he said, I'm not going to speak anymore. Nobody is responding, and I'm getting all this trouble. Uh, I'm not going to speak anymore, but as he mused upon these things, I, he said, I could not stay. I couldn't hold my peace, for it was as fire. Shut up in my bones. Can you say amen? It was like a fire shut up in my bones. I believe he started preaching down in that dungeon to the rats and the mice and the roaches and the walls. I believe he started prophesying again. And up top trouble had come because God watches over his word whether you listen to it or not. He watches over his word to perform it. Trouble had come to Israel and the false prophets had prophesied peace but peace didn't come. Can you say man? And they said, is there anyone? Is there anyone? Is there anyone with a word from the Lord? Yeah, the one we put in the dungeon. Is he still alive? Yeah, heard him down there prophesying. Hallelujah. Well, go get him. Hose him down. Clean him up and bring him in. And when they brought him in, the first thing he said, they asked him was, and you don't want to ask a man with fire in his bones this question. Is there any word from the Lord? Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 They were ready to hear it. Something new was about to occur. Something Amen was about to change in that nation. Glory be to God. Amen. But he would have never got to that stage or that point, by the way, to prove that he believed that the new was going to come while they were leading him into captivity down into, into Babylon. He went and was told by God, go and see, he watches over his word in the positive too. Go and buy a piece of land. Take the deed and hide it and bury it in the ground. Because when you, not if you, but when you come back out of captivity. Amen. You've already expressed your faith that I can bring this to pay. You're going to go where you think you can't get out of. You're going to go to the mightiest nation in the world that can hold you as slaves. But I'm going to bring you out one day. And, and, and to prove your faith in my purpose and my promise. I'm still watching over my word. If they return to me, I'm going to return to them. I want you to buy a piece of land. I want you to take the deed to it I want you to bury it because when you not if you come back but when you come back out of Babylon amen that land is going to be yours can you say amen so what do you do when you're going into captivity buy a piece of land <laughs> hallelujah praise God get it deeded and bury it because you are coming out of captivity one day can you say amen God's purpose wasn't to keep them in captivity but to bring them back to a place where they would keep their covenant promises to to worship him and no other gods and the day that they returned to him he returned to them and he said let my people go to Egypt he said the same thing to Babylon can you say man and nothing couldn't hold them back nothing could hold them back nothing 
when judgment falled in the land, in spite of his preaching, Jeremiah remembered the almond branch. And he talked about this in Lamentations 3, verse 19 through 24. Lamentations is the book of the blues. He has preached. Nobody has turned around. He saw the judgments in the land because God is watching over his word. And he said, remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul still hath them in remembrance and is humbled within me. This word humble means to be crushed. It's not the positive virtue of humility. It's crushed. His soul inside was crushed. This I recall to mind. Therefore have I hope. Everybody say hope. Hope. The almond branch. The almond branch. New life is coming. A new season is coming. A new day is coming. Hope is the glad anticipation and expectation of future good. Can you say amen? No matter how cold and barren it had become through a terrible winter, when that almond branch began to bud, a new day was coming. Can you say man? It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. This is not faithfulness in the general sense of God's faithfulness. It's in the specific area of showing mercy. Hallelujah. It's because of His mercies that it, we're not consumed. He didn't want them consumed. He wanted them blessed. He wanted to prosper them. But they had to return and repent for Him to be able to do that. Amen. But He said, mercy is flowing. Every single morning, I have hope that a change is coming. Because His mercy is new every morning. His compassions never fail. Great is His faithfulness to show mercy and compassion. Hallelujah. There's hope for Israel. There's hope for you. There's hope in every situation. Can you say, man, no matter how barren that it may seem, we need to learn the lesson. Because God said, they're not going to listen. I'm going to be obligated to judge. But I am a merciful and compassionate God. And no matter how bad it gets, a new day is coming can you say man hallelujah a new day is coming as sure as god watches over his word to bring judgment he watches over his word to be merciful and to pardon all is not lost a new day is dawning a new beginning is available see the almond branch is budding hallelujah amen Amen. i got to believe that, Brother Taylor. After all of these years, I thought maybe, maybe the Lord is ready for me to pass the baton to some young man that's going to run with it. Amen. Maybe it's time for me to just kind of fade out and just preach here and preach there where they'll let me. Although Vance Havner said, I believe I preached myself out of many pulpits. Because I, I, can, can, I can take a subject, but I don't know what I'm going to say until I start talking. And so I'm not real trustworthy to stay on topic. If there's sin in the camp, I'm liable to talk about it. Can you say, man, hallelujah. And God has changed my message in many services. And I, I don't come here to make people squirm. But I, I'm kind of like the preacher said, God called me to comfort the afflicted. And to afflict the comfortable. Can you say man? <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not a good feeling to be convicted. But it is a supreme act of God's love to keep us safe from the enemy of our soul. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Say preacher, sometimes you rock the boat. I like what one preacher said and I think it was me. It would be better that the preacher rock the boat than the devil wreck the boat. Can you say man? Hallelujah. I want to challenge you to get close to God. To follow Jesus. To bow to no other God. To tell the devil to take a hike. Praise God. Hallelujah. I like the song that came out of the hippie era. I baptized a whole lot of hippies. Praise God. Amen. From coffee houses all over Silver Springs and that part of Tampa many years ago. And one of the songs they were singing was, I've had all the sin I can hack, Jack. 
Can you say amen? They found out sin did not satisfy. Sin had consequences. Oh, but getting right with God is where the peace was. The joy is and the power is and the pleasure is. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. We didn't have no baptism robes. Most people wore their jeans or cut off shorts. One young man had seen on TV these people in white robes being baptized. So he had a sheet that he had cut to put around himself. He decided to take off his underwear because he was, knew he was going to put on his pants after the baptism. I'm going to tell you something about a white bed sheet when you get in water up to your neck. He'd come down the stairs. Yeah, I know. It was... I tell you, we, we baptized some hippies. Bless their hearts. Amen. But he had seen on TV these people. He wanted to get the whole white robe thing. He went down in that water. And I saw him in the robe. And I thought, surely he's got on underclothes. You know, that's be embarrassing. But not. Anyway, I put him down in the water. I brought him up. It was cold water. Amen. That heater didn't work very good. He come up the steps and mooned the entire church. I mean, it was there was no... It, <laughs> we, we stayed sanctified we rejoiced at least he saved glory to God just mooned us all but he saved hallelujah amen I, I believe the angels are still what is there joy in the presence of angels over one sinner that comes to repentance amen so we just let the moon go over Miami praise God amen <laughs> we had some I had one guy he wanted to really show that his old life was gone and he was a guy that was rededicating he was 50 something years old he came to be baptized he taught the book of revelation in his home he come to be baptized because he had had a had a little slippage there along the way and he said i want to i want to i want to do my first works like the bible said renew my first love i i, I want to be baptized again would you baptize me and i said yes i will he come down in there he was so excited amen and I baptized him and he sat down in the tank he didn't want to come right back up I don't know what he was thinking I took him like this and he sat down in the tank tank is chest deep he's down in the water just sitting there and I don't know where to go in and get him you know go down in the water and try to get him or if he's going to come up you never knew what was going to happen but I waited, and I waited, and I thought, I'm going to kind of do a count here in my mind. Maybe, maybe, you know, how long can he stay without breathing down there? And after a while, he jumped up and said, hallelujah! And I, I thought, hallelujah is right. I'm glad to see you. You're not about to drown, and I'm going to have to go underwater to get you. My uncle baptized in the Hillsborough River, amen, right over near Lowry Park. He, he, he alligators, and he baptized this, he baptized this woman. She's a, 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 just a, she just couldn't swim, and, and she was up in years, and, and it was a, a, a swift current that day, and it took her right on down the river. He let her down, she let go, and the current took her, and three people had to dive in and, and rescue her and bring her out, amen. <laughs> Oh, we've had some experiences down through the years. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember baptizing you. And the Holy Spirit came on you. Yes, He did. And you went down under the water and come up and said, I see Jesus. I see. She had a vision of Jesus. Amen. When she was baptized in water. Amen. All of that is subjective to the individual. I understand that. But, but listen, here's the, here's the thing. Jeremiah didn't have the privilege of baptizing people. He didn't have the privilege of John the Baptist or Jesus. He didn't have the privilege of modern day pastors. He had one message. Judgment is coming. But he had within that message, the mercy of God was still in effect. He said something new is about to happen. As bad as it is, something new is coming. Because he makes everything new. He doesn't make it better. He doesn't make it... Doesn't. 
He makes it brand new. He doesn't repair it. He doesn't fix it up so it'll run like that lawnmower that's 15 years old. Can you say amen? Behold, he said in the book of Revelation. Behold, for you southerners, look at him. Can you say amen? I make all things new. Amen. Come on. He don't want to fix you. He wants to change you and me from the inside out. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 5.17 said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are becoming new. Can you say, man, are becoming new? The Bible said when it comes to Jew and Greek and the separation, that he's broken down the middle wall. This is a new thing God did. This is brand new. He said, I broke down the middle wall of partition and I've made them one. In Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male or free male, but we are all one in Jesus Christ. That's brand new, folks. That's brand new. That's brand spanking new. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So it said circumcision doesn't avail anything and not being circumcised doesn't avail anything. The only thing that matters to God now is a new creation. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why there's so many phony conversions because they're not conversions at all. Come to an altar, pray, cry some alligator tears and go out and live for the devil as if it never happened. Go down into the water, a dry center, come up a wet center. No, when God touches your life, He makes something new. Can you say, man? Can you say, man? We've, we've cheapened the gospel to make it palatable to people that don't want to be challenged and changed. I, I was so glad when the change came. The change secured my marriage. The change secured my soul. The change secured, amen, that my children would not be from a broken home. We were both doing things that would have tore us apart. But when we both came to Jesus, a mighty change came. Hallelujah. My children got a new daddy and a new mama. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because God gave us a new life. The olive branch is symbolic of God's eternal purpose to bring a new covenant to reverse the curse and secure the blessing. Somebody say glory. glory. Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-one. This is where God's purpose was going to take him in spite of that terrible winter of judgment and resistance. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Although I was a husband to them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Something new is coming. Jeremiah, they ain't listening. They're being judged. It looked like there's no hope. But there's a new covenant coming. The almond branch is budding. Something new. A change is coming. And it's going to be better than it was because they broke the covenant before because they had the law written on tables of stone. God said under this new covenant, I'm going to write it right on the heart. And Paul said, "If you, I want to provoke the Jews to jealousy because the Gentiles are doing by nature <laughs> that that's contained in the law. They don't have to have the Ten Commandments read to them. They don't steal because a change has come. They don't murder because a change has come. They don't covet their neighbor's wife because a change has come. Because God is writing His law on the heart. Hallelujah. 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 Can you see the almond tree? 
budding. Something new is coming. A change is coming. This is God's method of operation. He doesn't repair the old. He creates the new. Revelation 21.5 And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Can we hurry and close today? <laughs> we were born anew. John 3.3 3, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, surely, surely, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Born again. Come on, this is not the old man being edited, repaired, made better. This is a new creation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John 3, 7, Marvel not, I said unto thee, ye must be born again. It shocked them. In fact, Nicodemus asked him, came by night, didn't want to be seen affiliated with him, but hungry to know the truth. And he came to Jesus by night talking about what you needed to do to be saved. He says, you've got to be born again. Can't see the kingdom, can't enter the kingdom unless you're born again. Come on, it's not just reciting the Apostles' Creed, being baptized in water. You must, it's an imperative, be born again. Can you say, man? Too many lost people sitting in churches, baptized in water, their name on the, the role of the church, but their name isn't in God's book in heaven. We need some people that come to God and mean business because God means business with them. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. 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 If you're born again, it's like you have a brand new start. And the past is gone. Hallelujah. And the future is glorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can put off the old man so that we can put on the new. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Hallelujah. When you get that new heart, you come to a place of sanctification, but you have to, you have to, you have to reckon that man to be dead in order to put him off and put on this. You have to crucify the flesh and the lust thereof. You have to put off the old before you can put on the new. And in between the putting off and the putting on, you've got to see that almond branch. You've got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and see I'm not that man I was. My past is gone. I'm brand new. This is a brand new day. This is a brand new life. I have been buried with him in baptism. I have been raised with him to walk in the newness of life. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Well, I wish y'all would amen so I could quit preaching. No, go ahead, go ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love Ezekiel 36, 23 through 28 compared to this, this new covenant. He said, and I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the heathen, gather you out of all the countries, and bring you into your own land. And I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them, and you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I shall be your God. And the heathen are going to know that God has a people, and that we have a God and his name is Jesus. Can you say man? And his name is Jehovah. And his name, hallelujah, is sanctified because of the way that we live our lives to honor him and follow him and glorify him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you believe the church needs this? Oh, yeah. He, he, he sanctified, he loved the church and gave himself for it that he might cleanse it.
that he might cleanse it, that he might cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it unto himself. What kind of church? A polluted, compromised, messed up, toe up from the flow up? No, he might present it unto himself, a glorious church, not having spot. Oh, come on. Listen, you know what happens when you get close to God? You get a sense, you get a sense of wanting to be more holy, more right with him. Amen. The, the Bible said, despising even the garment that is spotted by the flesh. When jealousy rises up in me and it does from time to time oh i'm not that sanctified i have to put that flesh down i have to keep putting off that old man in order to keep putting on the new man can you say man when it rises up brother taylor i see somebody come to town amen hadn't paid their dues hadn't suffered come to town start a church and it grows to 500 5,000. and i say lord i've been here for 43 years what's up with that you can get if you don't if I don't see that almond tree and know that in spite of all of it something new is coming old as I am he's not done with me yet I still feel that fire shut up you got it in your bones you brother Taylor move a little bit slower now these days just a little bit slower these days but hand him a microphone if you couldn't see him you'd say Boy, that young man sure can preach, children. He's tearing it up. Can you say, man? Yeah, we might be walking a little bit slower these days. But when that fire rises up on the inside, praise God. Amen. Oh, yeah. Just because there's snow on the rooftop. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't mean there's not a fire on the inside. Can you say, man? Listen to me carefully. That fire was on the inside because somehow Jeremiah knew someday it's going to change. God is not through. He watches over His Word to perform it. Amen. Something is coming. And it's coming. It's going to come in spite of the devil, in spite of their own foolishness. Amen. God is a covenant-keeping God and His mercies are new every morning and the almond tree is beginning to bud and something is about to happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something is about to happen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. People sometimes feel like God has abandoned them. They don't believe He's listening to their prayers. As a result, they just stop praying. When something unpleasant occurs or something we don't understand, they feel like God has forsaken them and left them. God showed Jeremiah the almond tree. And he used this imagery to say to the prophet, however dark and cold the winter may be, I'm still in control. And spring will come again. People would watch the almond tree to see new life appearing and say, we can endure the last harsh breath of winter because spring is just about here. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Friends, the almond tree is buddy spiritually. That's what God dropped in my heart as I studied this. He said, I don't want you to look at how many people in your church. I don't want you to look at how many churches are compromised. I don't want you to look at the false prophets. I want you to look at the almond branch. Oh, I don't know what that means to you, but that's what got me down here and in this pulpit today. I want you to look at the almond branch. There are people who give up on America. They're not looking at the almond branch. They don't see God still in control and God still ready to move. They don't see His mercies on this nation. They only see His judgments coming. They are people without joy. People without any kind of intercessory prayer. They, they want to see the trouble come. They rejoice to see the judgments come to this nation. God has a better plan than that. If my people, come on, if my, you've got to see that almond tree branch to pray this prayer. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and repent and turn from their wicked way, I will hear from heaven. Everybody say almond branch. Almond branch. I will hear from heaven. I will hear from heaven. Oh, oh but brother Vimba, you don't understand. We've never been in sin like 
like we're in sin now. Let me tell you something about that new every morning almond branch attitude. Amen. Where sin doth abound his grace doth much more abound don't tell me revival can't come don't tell me God is not still in control don't tell me that don't tell me that I don't want to preach if that's the case I want to dig a hole and crawl in it I want to go into heaven but if there's a possibility and a probability and a promise from God I want to preach I want to tell the world Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be going through a winter time. You need to see the almond branch. God is doing a new thing in my life. Hallelujah. Why didn't Jeremiah just quit what kept the fire burning in his bones? It had to be the hope of a new day. The hope of a new day. And what gave him that hope? He said, when I see the conditions, the immediate conditions, and I consider the wormwood and the gall, the bitterness of corrective judgments in the land, the bitterness of no one listening to God's message, my soul is crushed in me. But this... He's looking at the almond branch now. Come on, but this I recall to mind. Thy mercies are new. It's every morning and it's because of thy compassions that we are not consumed and destroyed. Therefore, have I hope a new day is coming. Can you say, man, a new day is coming? And God reiterated that when they took them down into Babylon. They couldn't see the olive branch. They couldn't see the almond branch. But Jeremiah did. And God said, I want you to know that hope is not in vain. Go buy a piece of land before you go into captivity. No hope of ever coming back. And yet you're buying real estate. <laughs> Hallelujah. You no know? physical hope of ever getting out of Babylon and coming home. But God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has a time. And a new day was going to come. Hallelujah. And when they came out, they could not believe it. They couldn't believe it. It's in the book of Psalms. When God turned again, the captivity of Zion, we were as those that dream. It seemed too good to be true. We were as those that dream. Remember Peter when the church prayed for him all night long? Angel came and he was in between. They had him in jail, had the door locked and had two guards shackled to him on one side and the other. And Peter, with the peace of God, was asleep between the two guards. Angel walked straight through the door. Amen. Slapped him on the thigh. <laughs> and he woke up and he thought, boy... Don't wake me up. <laughs> this is a great dream. Because I, I, I see an angel standing here. And then the chains fell off. said, please don't wake me up. This dream is getting better and better. Can you say that? And the doors came open. <laughs> and he walks out with the angel out of the inner prison to the outer prison. And the door came open. And he walks outside. And he said, man, don't wake me up now. This is a great dream. And then a skeeter bit him, and he knew it wasn't a dream. Can you say, man? Oh, that's, I added it. They must have had mosquitoes. Can you say, man? They live near the rivers. Listen to me carefully. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, he couldn't believe it, and the people praying for him couldn't believe it either. They were so busy praying for his release, he came to the door and started beating on the door. And the Bible said a little damsel went to the door and looked out, and she was in shock. She turned around and said, Peter's at the door. They said, don't bother us. We're praying for Peter. They're going to kill him in the morning. Something got to give. Don't you know it was wonderful when they finally opened the door for the answer to their prayer? And he related to them how God sent an angel and busted him out of jail. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Wow. Wow.
the almond branch says something new is coming. There's been a winter in the church in America. Around the world, nations that are having revival said you're the next candidate. They're sending missionaries from other countries to try to stir because we're the churchy, programmed country. They said the American church and their assessment coming out of these persecuted nations where God is pouring out His Spirit. They said the church in America is like a river 100 miles long and only one inch deep. There's a shallowness. There's a coldness. There's an emptiness in the practice of our religion. It is ineffective to touch the culture. The culture is corrupting the church instead of the church beginning to influence the culture. But I see an almond tree budding. I see an almond tree budding. I saw it last night, Brother Taylor. I see new life, new growth. God's not done with you either, sir. God is not done with you. God is not done with your wife. God is not through. God is not finished. I'm willing to retire. Hallelujah. I, I, if he wants somebody else to take the baton, I'll pass it to them and pray for them. Can you say amen? But God isn't through. John, God isn't through. God isn't through. God isn't through. I can say that. God isn't through. I don't know where he's going to take us. I don't know where it's all going to end up. But something new is occurring. Can you say amen? A change is coming. Hallelujah. And the fire. It's shut up in my bones. Don't ask me a question if you don't want a sermon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Because, and it's not something that just happens at church. My wife just doesn't. It's like a little girl that came home from Sunday school as we closed for the fifth time. She came home from Sunday school. Her mama asked her what was the lesson. She was a pastor's daughter. <laughs> She come home, she's seven years old. She says, Mama, they want us to study about redemption. So when we come back, we're going to study redemption. Can you tell me what redemption means? I need to know more about redemption. And she said, well, honey, go ask your daddy. He's the pastor. She said, I didn't want to know that much. Right. <laughs> Amen. If it's a fire shut up in the bone, the Word of God dwells in you richly. Can you say, man, glory be to God, hallelujah. I see a budding. I, I, I don't believe the Democrats can change America. I don't believe the Republicans can either. That means we're in deep trouble. No matter how the election goes, we need a move of God in this nation. Hallelujah. And amen, amen. But I see, Brother Taylor, I see. I see, I see a budding. I don't know if the terrorists are going to hit us again. I don't know what it's going to take correctively to get us where God wants to bring us so He can bless us and use us. But this nation has a place in God's economy. Amen. Prophetically, I believe that we have a role to play. More missionaries have been sent from this nation than any nation in the world to the nations of the world. God is not done with America. Can you say, man, and God's not done with His church? And when we embrace the message of repentance, amen, and we embrace the message of righteousness and holiness, and we let God purify us again, hallelujah, amen, a change, is a new day is going to come. Praise God. Will you stand to your feet? God is so good. I feel a stirring in the atmosphere. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. When I look at people, I get discouraged, sometimes disgusted. So many come and then fall away. So many have been in the way for so long. They need to get out of the way so God can do something new and different in their life. Can you say amen? If you're satisfied with business as usual at church, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. 
The status quo won't cut it. The status quo won't get it. Going through religious ritual and routine will not bring revival to your family, to your household, to your heart, or to your nation. But if there's a stirring inside of you because a spiritual almond branch is budding. Glory to God. Lord told me last night somebody's going to listen. You keep on preaching. Somebody's going to get saved. Somebody's going to get healed. Somebody's going to get delivered. Somebody's going to get set free. Somebody's going to get revived. Hallelujah. 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 So I'm pouring it all out to you guys this morning because there might be a somebody right here. There might be a David here. That God's going to anoint. There might be a Deborah here that God's going to raise up. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give him praise. How many want, how many want to see God move in our generation, in our families, in our homes, in our churches once again? To see the living God move, to see people saved and changed from the inside out. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's lift him up in this worship song. Hallelujah. I feel.